Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton. Transform and roll out. Max, I'm Mondo Neon. I am with Ben Orozco. Uh, he's an artist. Uh, very much all about neon, but other things as well. Uh, I just, you know, please introduce yourself at the same time I just did, but tell us about, I guess, maybe the general landscape, at least where I was discovering you was Instagram. Um, but there's so many things about our work that is told and untold and facets of different artists that, you know, many people just aren't aware of based on what they've seen of work that's online. So it's really neat to be able to have you on uh, and generally speaking, thanks for coming on uh, to, to tell everyone about my work. Yeah. Hi, Max. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm very excited to get into this. So I am an artist, but I also have the identities of a graphic designer. I'm currently working with Geeks, the Glass Education Exchange, and I'm also an illustrator as well. So I wear a lot of hats, and I think that is something that is really useful when you're working in this process because you really do need to be able to not only fabricate the work or be able to illustrate or pull off a really great rendering that you can make into a pattern, but also thinking about the context that your work is living in. And so as an artist, I'm thinking a lot about the abstraction of space, which I know in itself sounds like this really really open concept like what does that even mean but when i'm thinking about the abstraction of space i'm ultimately thinking about the ways that we can trace things we can simplify our surroundings and really condense it down into maybe this space that is not fully legible but we still understand what is going on and i think that is one of the beauties of being in the field of design and thinking about how neon is a visual language. So that's ultimately one of the ways that I got into this material is not necessarily through the, you know, like the cool cultural aspect of it, but more so I was in school at UW-Madison and I was actually studying to become a graphic designer and so when I first understood that neon was an option, I was actually building out a typeface. And so I think it was really intuitive to me that I could utilize the material of neon, not as a material per se, but more so a way to physically create drawings that I had been doing in a two-dimensional space. And also, too, is just like the idea behind a lot of work <clears throat> is very different, right? Because, I mean, each person has their motivation. But uh, on a surface level, I mean, from what I could tell, it's, you know, there's a lot that deals with sort of three-dimensional space. Um, sculpture is obviously a main point of, I think, a lot of different work that you make. Um, and obviously, Neon is very, fairly sculptural. I, you know, can you describe, I guess, what was that core system of thought where you're like you know kind of i know no, nothing about how to kind of introduce myself to get it done but was there kind of a teasing of of things where you are kind of some of it is typographical you know and and then there's other times where you're sort of using it to kind of describe a certain space or a certain amount of volume 
and whether it's a timed event or a sequence of, of particular pieces of neon, I think it's generally fun because you kind of are able to kind of break things down in a way that um, is sort of intentional. Obviously, it's sort of a very uh, specific look. You know, there's a, a you're using a lot of white or a lot of um, it seems almost programmatic um, and utilitarian. And I think obviously that's by choice, um, but it's almost fun in a lot of way. You know, it's, there's certain playfulness to it too. Um, do you get, you know, are there different types or specific ways that you approach neon? Anything that you kind of can point out that kind of speaks to what you're looking to do with it or, um, you know, ways to combine it with other things as well. Sometimes it's on its mm-hmm. own, but there are other times where you combine it. Um, freestanding versus on a wall, things of that nature. Right. So I'll talk a little bit about the ways that I draw space too. So I think for me, if we're going to talk about the process of making neon, I am somebody who has made all of my own pieces. So I've had a really great, really rich experience with all of the instructors, all the shop owners, all of the fabricators that I've worked with who have both informed me in this technical language of being able to work in three dimensions. So one of the first ones being working with Jacob Fishman in Chicago as a visiting instructor at UW. And then secondly, working with Michael Fleckner, who is probably our field's funnest and most creative when it comes to the application of neon in three dimensions. So in my formative years, while I was both learning how to work to a pattern, I was also working with people who were able to render neon in a way that was not as flat or static on the wall. You know, I think a lot of what we think about with neon is how it is this two-dimensional image when you're looking at it, but then in order to actually make certain lettering, certain shapes, certain graphics, like making the letter E, for example, you need to fold over yourself many times in order to complete the pathway that would appear flat. And so, both having that experience, both with people who are able to really play with this back and forth between the flat 2D and the three-dimensional and being able to have this interactive experience, but in this very graphic, clean way, just matched with some of the ways that I think through how I draw things. And I will oftentimes, I know a lot of the pieces you're referring to are often very freestanding. I have different bodies of work that have different styles and subjects. So I know it's maybe a little harder for you to describe everything kind of in one sentence. But um, a lot of what I like to do is thinking about almost like the way that a photograph captures light and how that experience is a flattening of space, right? So when you're looking at a neon sign from the front or you're looking at it from the side, it just kind of is whatever but when you actually construct that light in three dimensions you are creating this image that transforms as you walk around it and i know this sounds kind of funny and like yes when you walk around something it is a three-dimensional object but when you start to add layers of light that 
work with each other, you're starting to create this almost illusion of something that is both three-dimensional when you look at it, but it also still has that two-dimensional base that you're building from as you are bending a singular neon unit. You're usually yeah, always sticking to the like table. Clean, there's something clean too to the whole process. You know, there's, mm -hmm. I mean, clearly there's an evolution to it. You know, um, people would say it's kind of a, a low sort of aesthetic standard, but I would popularize it to something that's like a turning point to like analyzing one specific shape over and over till you sort of focus on the specifics of it, whether it's like a particular, you know, terrain or a certain coloring or a particular, um, you know, aesthetic, and then just continuing to push that and push it more. Um, and I think it demands a lot of the viewer. I don't think that people always necessarily can gravitate towards neon because, you know, if it's not something that completely spells it out for them, there's such a small amount of people that are willing to take that next artistic you know, sort of step in sort of turning towards, you know, what exactly is this? What What is the artist asking me to do here? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, look, there's a certain amount of parameters and if you behave a certain way, you know, towards art, then you kind of know, okay, this is sort of a, a high level view, you know, whereas like people would just say, okay, this is inaccessible. I can't, it's too mechanical for me to understand. Um, and it's a fine balance, right? Like, you know, finding the development of a piece of artwork um, you know, the feedback that sometimes, you know, may receive is, is kind of minute to minute, right? Some people will come in and just it hits them right away and other people find it difficult and they need more time to sort of understand it. But, you know, the process is still the process. You still have to go in and make it. And there's a lot of people that love that, that conversation. And there's other people that just want to see sort of the end product. Like, is there, are you affected by any specifics around neon? Like what happens when you sort of come into contact, do you start to draw it out or is it something where you kind of settle on a form and then kind of go from there? I'm generally starting off with the drawing and the rendering. And so a lot of pieces will oftentimes I'll work in a CAD program. So if we're looking at some of the pieces from my SAG series, which I definitely recommend looking up if you go to my website, you can definitely see that there's this recurring theme of these curves that form some sort of surface just through the repetition of a line. And so a lot of times I'm playing with these simulated spaces. I'm thinking about how to capture and slice volumes using lines of light and lines of neon. And so I'm oftentimes working back and forth between a two-dimensional workspace like my illustrator programs the way that i'm drawing things out on a sketch on a piece of paper and then i'm looking at how can i build that out into like a three-dimensional object and then i'm oftentimes trying to document it in a way where maybe there is a little bit of a is that flat or is this just like a drawing that looks like it has volume to it is there anything like that on the computer this... doesn't translate very well to neon? Like, is there other, I'm sure you're, you know, previous lessons as a designer, you're, you kind of look at it on a computer and then you take it into the sort of the neon world. You know, are there any moments where like, you know, neon artists themselves or various vendors that you've talked to are like, look, this, you know, this works very well on a computer, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we have to do X, Y, and Z. 
I mean, there are moments where you have to be really realistic and critical and also just be aware of what you're asking yourself to do. You know, as a, as a designer, you oftentimes have to operate on a very technical level and you have to make sure that, especially thinking about things like logo design, maybe typography, there's an aspect of legibility and feasibility in terms of what you put down on the page and what you set as a matrix of Bezier curves, for example, is something that is both legible and also actually can exist as a singular path of a line, right? And so I think about that too, in terms of Neon, when you're developing your concept, being able to figure out how to abstract the idea enough that it can perform well in its final output. And I love the interview that you did with Kate because she also, sorry, I'm talking about Kate Hush, a friend of mine who is mm -hmm. was based in New York. Um, and shout out to Kate a, if you're listening. Really, we love you a really great <laughs> neon designer and illustrator who also has this sort of hybrid process. But you know, so much of what we're doing when we are fabricating neon units is that we pretty much just have a single expression that we need to pull off. And when you're designing systems of volumes or when you're designing maybe an object that's three-dimensional, you need to make sure that the components are fitting together in that system pretty regularly. I mean, I tend to work pretty rigidly, although there are some works that have more of an organic expression, but I love, I love working with grids. I love working with markers of space. One influence that I feel like is maybe more pertinent to my generation or maybe, um, you know, the millennial generation would be something that was called vaporwave, which is this really fun trend of just these really hollow worlds that were both very beautiful and also very neon-y. If you, if you look this up, you'll, you'll see pretty clearly of just these ideas of these spaces that are totally out there, totally abstracted. You see lots of grids of light, almost something reminiscent of Tron. And so I love being able to work in grids as this way to build out a system. You know, I think, I think about every piece that I've made as some sort of system. There's usually, there's usually multiple units that are operating together and creating some sort of expression that you wouldn't really get if you were just utilizing one unit on its own. Yeah, and there's also a lot, you know, within all of that is sort of the strong comparison, like you mentioned, I think designers are, are, are a specific type of person, but also I think we can all sort of learn something from that sort of system of plotting things out. Um, it's always beneficial to keep other motives open-ended, but, you know, by comparison, I've, I've met a lot of really incredible uh, on the show, talked to a, an amazing group of, of designers that I think sort of were born out of that specific challenge or faced that particular level of development where it's like, uh, everything is realized. And then now is the time to sort of develop ideas around that, which is a really, powerful place to to be operating from i think that you know post launch of any project you know it always helps to have a lot of information set up in specific ways mm -hmm. um you know i definitely think that is there anything specific that you can remember that um 
surprised you about neon when you kind of started getting involved with it or at least to the point of like having designs made out of it i mean very clearly there was this disconnect for me as somebody who is coming from such a digital space that yes you can design something that you want to make that is either really intricate or maybe has a lot of really sharp angles on it or a lot of really perfect geometries but then the moment that you enter into a shop and you're set up and you start working you have to have such a high level of technical ability in order to pull off certain forms and certain expressions. And so this is where my story at the University of Wisconsin-Madison begins, is just that I started my neon experience within a four-year art program, basically. So I had the opportunity to meditatively just keep working on some of these really, really simple forms over and over and over again, just as a way to get closer to some of the geometries that I wanted to make. One of the first neon workshops I did was with Jacob Fishman, who I've mentioned before, is a really significant figure in my neon journey, who did a summer workshop at UW in the glass lab there. And I pretty much just spent maybe a month just working on two outlined letters and just being so patient with the way that the curves of the letters fit the pattern and learning these really intimate details of how each heat is almost like drawing with the Bezier tool or drawing with a pen tool in a vector program and having this connection, this really weird connection between the ways that the tension of glass almost fits the tension of a digital line, like of a parabolic curve. And I might lose you on some of these terms, but basically I did have this moment where through repeating some of the same forms over and over again, either with a ribbon burner and understanding the way that that behaved, depending on what kind of glass diameter I was using, or depending on the tightness of certain curves or the tightness of certain angles or the pattern, literally the way that I could get from one point to another in a single path, how that all fit together. It all just blended back into this way that I think about making form from a more digital perspective, but how that translates into the movements that I make while I'm working in the torches. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, um, you know, the system that it's, it's neat to hear you kind of talk about it too, because I think a lot of neon makers or people that listen to the show too, some people don't necessarily have ties to that, but certainly anyone who's bent glass will think of, you know, what it's like to work and operate and maybe on a computer level and, and bring those two systems together is very interesting to me. Um, we kind of work with this energy that there's certainly a point of contact. There's a person picking up the glass. There's all these things going on, but mentally it's just as much of a commitment as it is to focus on what you're doing as it is to the sort of the final architecture. You know, once right. you separate that relationship, you really can't because there's this human person involved. that's not, uh, somewhat robotic. There's no one sort of, you know, upstairs, so to speak, running the company. It's mm -hmm. like, 
there's this person and they have to question what they're doing. And then if that equals whatever result they're looking for, it's a fair question to ask, but you're not always going to get the same result every time. And maybe that's why people run from it rather than towards it. I think it sounds like a great way to work, but a lot of people are very, you know, if they're not handed a specific agenda or outcome is not necessarily clear, then they don't feel the commitment is really positioned well for them. And so they don't want to invest the time. Um, I think a lot of people also put a lot of importance on sort of the end product and not necessarily the journey that they're taking versus what they're comparing. You know, like I said, everyone that can get their hands wet and do a little bit of the work um, will probably relate to a lot more and probably, frankly, more importantly, will help sort of build some sort of context, you know? Um, and I think the focus really should be on the work, but ultimately at the end of the day, I think it's, it takes a certain you know, uh, position to be able to, to get in there and, and do some of that work. And, and look, I mean, largely, you know, um, this is coming from a place of just observation and what I see is sort of like, uh, you know, um, like I said, a system, uh, it's interesting to see how, um, you've been able to combine these efforts, you know, especially at a, a, a focused level, um, and, and paying a lot of attention to, general shapes, but also sort of the bigger mission of, you know, what's the next cha next chapter in, you know, uh, neon, you know, I mean, the most ambitious visions that we have are, are really kind of the first thing that come to mind. But I'm sure once you get involved with some of the projects that you do commit to, you know, it probably takes a certain amount of effort to to see that through. And, and that's what's unique, I think, by comparison to a lot of other artwork is that, you know, you can see there's a thought, you know, there's a lot of thought put behind each sort of general neon piece but also just the space that you're able to create you know right. um you know it takes a very focused attention to create a lot of those relationships whether it's just um on a on a specific neon or a wall or or like i said like i really like the uh kind of vases that you have going on um mm -hmm. reminds me a lot of those sort of um optical illusion type paintings where you have to look at them long enough and you know something focuses in but it also a lot of it just sort of generally tunes itself out in a good way, you know, <laughs> by, by certainly going the extra yeah. mile, you're able to kind of change the whole space around you, which is, which is unique. Um, and, you know, I think so the focus is, is there. It definitely, it definitely sounds like you're referring to my Uta body of work, which I made last year while I was doing a Fulbright in Sweden. There's a specific piece that I'd love to point out where I have these two cubes that you see in front of you. They're two three-dimensional cubes that are made out of this white Krypton light in 10 millimeters. And the really fun thing about this piece is that I constructed and hung off a three-dimensional cube just on one side of the wall. And on the other side, on the right side, I've actually taken that image of the cube from the perspective that I fixed on the floor and I actually bent it in two dimensions. And ultimately you can't really tell the difference from the image, which is, you know, one of the beauties of working with this. And I do think that Neon has this opportunity to provide these moments of optical confusion. And I think it has this opportunity to exist much more than just a sign or, you know, like a simple object. I think so much of what people love about neon is that it is very familiar and it is maybe a sign that they like, or maybe it's like an iconic image. 
And I like to think about these moments when neon was also an architectural motif, or maybe it was used to delineate spaces that were on such a bigger scale than just an open side, right? I'm thinking about ideas of World Fair and moments when cold cathode light was more of a necessary and less of just like a optional like, oh, this is really fun. I'm going to make like a really cute sign from my place. Like I, I think back to those histories of neon as these really complex systems that we don't really see as much now just because they are so costly to create and to maintain. Well, I think technology advances so quickly, but also the concepts. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can look at now. We have sort of a, a run-up to neon. Uh, and I talked about this on the show is that you now have sort of museums dedicated to it that very much are rooted in reality that are not necessarily um, specific in nature, but a lot of it tends to sort of be found artwork from various restaurants or businesses and things of that nature. Um, but what we're able to look at is sort of, you know, what grabbed our attention and then sort of, you know, what's exciting. I mean, obviously there are certain historical components to that, but there's, there's certainly themes in, in, in light art. And I kind of bring that up sometimes by casting this question is that like, you know, what is the approach towards, you know, creating whatever backdrop you want is simply sort of depends on, like you said, the bigger challenge, whether it's going to be, okay, how many resources, you know, how much, how much work is it going to be to get this thing done? Mm -hmm. And, you know, but the sky is ultimately sort of the limit, right? I mean, ultimately it's going to be about, you know, how do you position it? Where do you house it? How do you display it? All these questions that a lot of artists don't necessarily, I think, think of immediately, but ultimately right. will, will, <laughs> will come into play. Um, I'm, I mean, know. I definitely will say that there is, I noticed that there is a spectrum of people who work in neon. And I think there's maybe one side where you're just happy to be in the torches and in the fires and you'll make anything. And like, it's just so fulfilling to be in that process of shaping the glass to a pattern. It's something that's really rewarding. And I, I also have moments of that. And then I feel like there's also another camp where you are maybe more set on an image or an outcome, maybe from a more pragmatic sense, like maybe you are an artist who is working out of a neon shop and you have this specific drawing that you need fabricated at a certain size. And I definitely find myself more on that that camp although i do make all of my own works I, I do fabricate all my work i think that that is one thing that i would love to see a little bit more of just in our community is maybe people taking a little bit more time to look into either developing their own style their own drawing thinking about typography like if they can maybe study it a little bit take a class get a little bit more familiar with the language of working with type, because it is something that can ultimately inform the signage that you want to make. And then also asking, what is your point of view? I mean, I think a lot of people right now are just so excited to be in the material, but I would also love to see moments where Neon gets to live at an architectural scale, or it gets to do something to our perception of space or Maybe it challenges the way that we look at it. I think that right now it's a really cool moment where we do have little pockets of experiential neon that people go out in the world and they see it maybe in a really fine art gallery or in a museum. Personally, for me, there are a 
plenty of references of sculptors who have done this, like Sarah Wynne Evans. I definitely recommend looking that artist up just in the amount of sheer light that this person can work with. And also a recent person I discovered, Andrea Galvani, who is an artist based out of New York and Mexico. I think I discovered some of his work at the Armory show recently in New York. There are these people who are maybe able to suspend our reality and what we're looking at. And it's just like when we look at work that exists at a certain scale or maybe has a certain perspective or optical situation to it, I feel like it can really suspend moments of reality for us. Or maybe maybe it literally takes us out of the world that we're existing in right now. So I, I think that's kind of what I want to both bring to the community and bring to the field, but also what I would love more artists to figure out to how to engage with this material. Yeah, and there's definitely, um, you know, I think you've hit the nail on the head, which is sort of like, you know, plans for, for I guess, some of the challenges, but also some of the things that you want to see developed. You know, I think a lot of artists, too, are really doing a lot of great things. I think the internet has played a, a tremendous role in all of this, too. Uh, and I do, I make that very well known that there's a lot of social media activity going on. And for anyone wondering what it's about, definitely take a look. Um, on whatever platform you're on, because I do think that there's a lot of great work out there and it's really close by. Um, you don't have to go to travel anymore to go see uh, art, which is great. And there's a whole digital space mm -hmm. for it now. So right. um, take advantage of that. Um, and also network. You know, I talk about community a lot on the show. There's a lot of artists that really work very well hand in hand. And so, you know, if you have advice for somebody or questions, um, you know, people are very forthcoming about what they're willing to share and whatnot. But I mean, you know, by all means, if you like somebody's work, let them know, you know, comment on, or like I said, I always tell people, if you don't have the ability to buy their work or whatever, at least share a comment. It may be the thing that kind of gives them insights into their own work. Um, you know, and always the challenge of art is just trying to get it out there and have people see it. It's always something that I think resonates with a lot of people who make art. Um, anything Definitely. else that you want to let the listeners know work that you're making, things coming up that you want to promote? Honestly, I'm in this point where I have really explored so many different techniques and approaches to neon that I am kind of taking a step back and just figuring out how the rest of my practice catches up to that. And um, I know I didn't really have a chance to talk about maybe my overall journey aside from just you know the works that i've made but i am definitely exploring the three-dimensional neon i think a little bit more intentionally in some of the future projects that i have planned i am in this funny situation where i am kind of going back and forth between New York and home, which is for me in the Madison, Wisconsin area. Um, I live on a farm and I, um, I recently purchased a little bit of neon equipment. So I am kind of picking up the pieces from the places I've worked in, both in Sweden and New York. And when I graduated from Madison in 2019. So I'm definitely still figuring things out. I mean, although if you do have a chance to look at my work it you know it does look very finished and very you know serious i i'm still figuring things out on you know why why am i using this material and i think it's really important to have 
something that you can partner or you can complement your neon practice with, whether you are maybe making drawings or maybe you're a sculptor or you have another material that you work with, I highly recommend always having some other process that you can work with as well, because ultimately all of us are always trying to get our facilities right, or we're trying to get our access to a studio somewhere, or we're trying to fix some broken equipment, which is kind of what I'm doing right now. So I, that's kind of my like little, this is what I want the community to do more of is just to have some other process that you can both complement or work alongside with when you're doing this. That's great advice too. I think uh, streaming in new ways of thinking and, you know, um, you know, the development process um, ultimately takes time and uh, the relationship with that is very important. You know, how you collaborate with others is, is great. And I think speaking to that notion is, um, is just sharing the simple fact that, yeah, your work is really uh, is exciting and there's a lot of unique points to, to make here. I mean, people who enjoy, um, typography and, and visual uh, sort of space and, and you mentioned abstract which seems very um, largely you know <laughs> uh, related in a lot of different ways but people just sort of think of it as a universe of, of impossibilities but the reality is, is that we work with you know artists are, are very um, prolific and have a lot of unique ideas and um, you know Ben I really appreciate your uh, just your your honesty and, and level of um, you know just gravity I think you bring a lot of different um, concepts into play and it's a lot of fun so anyone listening to this uh we'll put some links in the show notes and really ultimately just check out ben's work he's uh, doing a lot of really exciting things and want to want to really help bring relevance so appreciate you coming on the show yeah thanks for having me max hey guys hope you enjoyed that show if you haven't done so please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice we have a lot of great neon guests coming up and as always thanks for listening